0: I am Lucas Mack. I'm a former TV reporter, a published author, TEDx speaker, musician, advertising agency owner and management consultant. I'm also a former Christian preacher who dedicated 15 years of my life searching for truth and love. I've done a lot of work to heal and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack, and it is such a pleasure having you back on this podcast. A lot is going on, and I know... While you're on your journey of healing and becoming more sovereign, the situation around the world, situation in politics in the United States is definitely bringing up a lot. A lot of fear, worry, anxiety, stress, maybe smugness, maybe overconfidence, maybe overcompensation. Whatever it is, all these things, let them come up, look at them and say, and ask yourself, are these for my highest good? And if they are based in fear or control or anxiety or hate or anything that is of low vibration that does not belong in love and light, you get to let that go. Release it. Say, I release whatever it is. I release fear. I receive love. I release fear. I receive love. This is the natural order of nature. The trees release their leaves, they stand, and then they receive the new light of spring and they replenish. And it is a cycle to release and receive, release and receive. Well, speaking of releasing and receiving, today's podcast, I have the beautiful, powerful, and Divine Masculine on Jose Alejandro, my brother. We we talked for the very first time on this podcast episode. I talked to him just moments before I hit record uh hit record. And this is a really beautiful episode of a man sharing his story of healing. And this goes for men and women. It's a story of healing, forgiveness, dropping the armor and really getting connected with the true soul essence of our very being. So my brother, Jose, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure talking with you and everyone enjoy. First of all, I want to, I want to honor you and acknowledge you for, for your path that you're walking and the content that you're sharing and just who you be, because it's, as I was just sharing before we started recording, you know, there's these waves that, and everyone in their their divine timing and their purpose for this earth and, and serving humanity, but I've seen your content, and it's on this new wave of humility, strength, honor, spiritual groundedness. And it's not based in that macho facade, it's based in that humility, but that like that quiet strength, that like I don't have mm-hmm. to. Be flashy. Mm-hmm. I'm just here, so I'm so <laughs> glad we get to talk and uh, share your journey, brother. Where Where are you from, and and you know what's led you to this path?
1: I mm. Appreciate you asking that question. It means a lot, and I also receive, which is something I'm still working on. It just yes. it's a constant practice. Yes. Receive everything you you shared because um, it's actually something I reflected on last week. Uh, my coach had me deeply reflect on just the journey that past month, three months, six months, year has brought me mm-hmm. to this place. Um, so I want to acknowledge that the journey I've been on recently because there's been a lot of transformation there. Mm-hmm. And to your question, just journey of how I got here. Um, man, uh it's been a journey. Uh, it's been a search for truth is what I would call it. Uh, and in a search for truth. Um, with a lot of a lot of turbulence mistakes and uh just uh that's a cute dog (laughs) uh, i had to acknowledge it (laughs) it's a beautiful puppy
0: you know what's funny man (laughs) he's he's deaf and blind so sometimes his door's closed and he can't open it (laughs) He's, he's an old timer. Sorry, so, keep,
1: keep going. Oh, good. Oh, good, man. You you can leave this piece in there, too. I think it's, it's beautiful. To acknowledge those moments. Thanks, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a search. It's been a search for truth. And I would say the most truth has been revealed in this past year, hmm. this past two years. And I think um, what I mean by that is that all those moments throughout my journey that I was conflicted about, confused about, or just like struggling through or trying to figure out like what it means in in the scope of everything. Just so much gratitude has come for all of that. That now it's like, oh, like it, it, I've been in my truth all along. I've just been searching in the wrong places. Mm. So it's taking it back to when I where I was born. So I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Um and just when I started really building friendships and creating relationships, five years old, my parents got divorced, and mm-hmm. my mom is a New Yorkeran Bronx born and raised. My father is a, how we would say hibado from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So my mom was like, "We're going back." Um, and from the age of five to about nine, ten, it was just like this tear between the two places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never had difficulty knowing like where I belonged. In Puerto Rico, I, I was my, you know, I had an accent. I, I was like a gringo accent and, mm-hmm. and I didn't belong. They were like, this guy doesn't know our ways. And when mm-hmm. I was over here, it was like I had a Spanish accent. So then I was also made up fun of here. So I never felt like mm-hmm. um, I belonged. And that caused me to really just hide. Yes. So I was retreating. Um, my parents got back together when I was nine. So on top of that kind of like reaction and uh, defense mechanism, there's a lot of turbulence and just a lot of things going on in my household that brought up anxiety. Um, and I would say, you know, not to take it to like the woo side, but my, my throat chakras okay. where a lot of my work uh, yeah. is, yeah. is I, the energy is felt between my heart and my throat. And mm-hmm. for most of my life, I just had wanted to speak. I wanted to share, but I was afraid to express my truth. Mm. so that took me to the other side of masculinity which you mentioned you know um college on college corporate space really just trying to prove myself yeah it's like uh, i i want to be the man you know so um at 17 i built the race car try to like you know uh, impress everyone i uh um You know, uh, during college, I would start a whole bunch of different projects. I was really into style and it was my way of being bold and expressive without having to say a word and really owning my power. Mm -hmm. Um, So that took me through seven years, six, seven years um, as a marketing exec. Um, And about four, three, four to three years ago, I had an emotional rock bottom. Um, My parents got divorced again. I mentioned wow. they got back to, and I got in between that as well. Well, this is what mom said, this is what dad said, and I was just like, I'm I'm too grown for this, but the little kid inside was really what came back up for me. So mm-hmm. the childhood wound, the five year old, and a lot of other things unrelated to my parents' divorce as well. But it just brought that out. Like there's there's these things I was projecting on my fiance, mm-hmm. now fiance, um, my relationships with my friends, mm-hmm. my work. Was tanking, and um, I needed to do something. I didn't know what. Uh, you know, tell my friends about what was I was going through, and it was like, yeah, man, just be alright, bro. Just yeah, grab yeah. a grab a drink. Let's yeah, go out. Let's right. go clubbing. Let's go this. Uh, right. Um, let's go shopping. Let's buy the new the new this new that. And um, I was tired of that. You know, I had I had read enough. I had done a lot of introspection but hadn't gone below the surf, uh, beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. But I, I had consumed enough to know that there was more out there. So that dove me into uh, talk therapy, which was beautiful, because I dug into a lot of shadow work, um, learned a little bit more about my father wounds, my mom wounds, mm-hmm. and, and what was coming up for me there. And then I felt like something was still missing. Just long, like, uh, I guess, to, to bring it all to this moment in time of men's work, I felt like connection was what was missing. You know, I was learning a lot about myself. There was someone asking me really good questions, but it was connection. I had no other men that I could resonate with. And I didn't know that that was the thing until I went to my first men's group. After reading a book by Owen Marcus called Grow Up, where he spoke about men's groups, masculine, emotional intelligence, all these different things. And I was just blown away, like top blown off. Just uh, saw like, oh, this guy is experiencing the same thing I am. This guy, Mm -hmm. oh shit, like I'm not that special, but at the same time I am. Like my story has a unique value in it. Yeah. And that just took me down a rabbit hole. Men's work here, hired my first coach, different men's groups, um, plant medicine as well. Yeah, I can't yeah. forget to bring talk, that in. So talk, I, I talk definitely, about that.
0: Yeah. What led you down that plant medicine path? Cause that's a beautiful path. And and yes, certainly yeah. been a huge part of my healing, <laughs> huge part of my healing.
1: Yeah. So I, I always like to use the, uh, the analogy of like a helicopter ride to the top of the mountain uh-huh. and then back down. Cause you still have to do the work. Um, so, so, uh, I, uh, when I went down this rabbit hole, I found podcasts that just the words kept coming up. Ayahuasca, psilocybin, mm-hmm. um, these different workshops, even like um, a couple of friends that I started getting introduced to li- went out to Bali and were doing like breathwork uh, workshops and told me about how crazy that was. So I was like, you know what? It's calling to me. Something is there that I think. Can benefit me at the moment, and it's interesting how that happened. Just it's almost like uh, you go searching for it and you never find the right set setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you just—I I, six months passed after something fell through, and I in one week about six people brought up to the word ayahuasca, mm-hmm. um, and then the thing that fell through five minutes before um a text my my uh the co-founder and my closest friend we were talking about ayahuasca whatever happened with such and such i get a text like hey remember that shaman that does the men's ayahuasca retreats two spots just opened up there this week wow. and and it just happened like wow. that from there wow. you know um, uh rites of passages just really leaned into that world yeah and i'll tie it all back together the marketer in me, just owning that truth that I have those transferable stories in my back pocket, realize that not all men are ready for that. Mm-hmm. Not all men need right. to do that. That's um, right. and not even us, you know, it's just a modality, a tool that we can use. Yeah. And that includes like, you know, things like, uh, mindfulness workshops, even, uh, breath work, uh, there's a journey that leads to that. But I realized that just taking the essence of what I learned and embodied from those places and bringing it, delivering it in a way that resonates with men Mm. makes the biggest difference. Like To me, the men's work isn't only the men's circles and those spaces that you and I have been to. Mm -hmm. But to me, the men's work is um, going to a barbershop and being able to have a conversation where you're not shut down Uh, Being able to buy uh, boots from a brand that talks about it being crafted with integrity, but also what it means to be a man of integrity wearing the boot. Mm, Like those little subtle messages to me uh, is the men's work. So that's what really inspired, just long story short, bringing that all together. I was inspired to create my own space because I realized there was a layer of stories that those men, the East Coast guy, um, uh, black, Latino, uh, men of color that I connect with on a daily basis. They, there was a layer of story that I connected with, I resonated with, that maybe they wouldn't in these other spaces I was in. Mm. So I created Modern Renaissance Man with my co-founder, Voy, who's also a men's coach. Um, and uh, last but not least, I realized that same way I wasn't, um, other men's groups weren't all my flavor of men's work. Not all men would resonate with modern renaissance men either. So again, going into the back pocket of storytelling marketing, I decided to relinquish that egoic need to have the best men's group, which really just goes back to the lone wolf mentality. Yeah, And just pour my heart, my service to helping other men also creating their spaces, their movements, just transfer what I know and I have in my mind and is impacting men, just give them those tools. So they can do the same, and that's brought me to this point. Just everything just aligned and true. Beautiful,
0: brother. That is such a beautiful story. It's such a beautiful story, man. It's such a beautiful. I um, I was hosting another podcast for a while, um, and it's a thirty-seven. It just kind of sits as its own space, and it was chronicled my journey. It was called the Vulnerable Hero. And it was talking about men's, really, it was my journey of healing. Um, But also, it was around the time of the Me Too movement. And I was looking at this, that hurt, (laughs) truly hurt people hurt people. So here's women that are hurt. But if they don't feel safe enough to heal, they become perpetrators themselves back upon those that hurt them, which only isolates more the person that hurt them in the first place, which is not to um, ignore, but to acknowledge that those perpetrators in the first place are hurt people. So <laughs> um, so I did this podcast, the Me Too Movement, Us to Pain is Pain. And I finished the series and, and I was leading men's retreats called The Vulnerable Hero talking about that we don't need macho men anymore. The world of macho man is that, first of all, it's just a pain, uh, a a mask of pain and layered to try not to touch that pain inside. Mm -hmm. But the real man is the man that can say, look, like you just did. That is, that is healthy, masculine energy. Say here. Here. I hurt. I was crying. I couldn't. I, you know, I was confused. I didn't know. And I, I humbled myself to learn. And I learned. And I learned. And I felt called. And I listened. And you know what's so beautiful, brother, about this? And I've shared this a couple times on this podcast. The bulls in Spain—these massive, violent, powerful beasts—they put a ring in between their nostril there because you can lead that bull wherever you want it to go just because it it doesn't matter how big and strong that thing is you get your finger in that bowl and that's how most men they build this yeah look at me i'm You know, I'm a bad, (laughs) we were watching uh, my kids. I got an eight, six, and four year old, and we loved the movie. I showed him Cool Runnings. And so we watched the movie Cool Runnings a lot. And there's that scene he's like, Junior, you're a badass mother who don't take no crap off of nobody. And my four year old's running around saying, You're a badass mother. But uh, why I bring that up is that's that facade, that macho, masculine facade, but really they're not free. Until Mm. you can take that out, take the mask off, and say, This is just just my journey, it's just my path. And then, what's so beautiful about this is we are led in divinity, we are led by the divine calling versus the ego leading or Mm -hmm. pulling back. Because when you get pulled by that tender, you resist, right? Exactly. (laughs) And so, this time of healing where you know, even talking about um, God as masculine energy, not as a gender, but as masculine energy and the earth as the feminine energy and this coming together right now in balance, this world that mm-hmm. we're walking into where, man, we can love, truly love one another and sit with that. another and embrace another and be safe for another to say, mm-hmm. let it rip, bro. Let it mm. Rip because it's not too dark, it's not too ugly, it's not too dirty, it's not too shameful. It wasn't your fault, you didn't ask for it. The confusion of feelings and sensations and all these things, bro, let it rip. And I'm here and we can heal. And this, man. brother, it's just I just love your story, brother. And <laughs> thank you, man. When I really believe when men heal, the world heals. I believe this
1: absolutely, absolutely. Um, I love that you said that because I think, if anything, this year has shown us um, that there's layers of, of, uh, of trauma and, uh, and things that are going on in the world that are affecting all of us. You know, sometimes we try to ignore them and, and this quarantine, the, uh, the rise to social injustices, the, just everything. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the child sex trafficking, everything that has rise, rose to the surface. Yeah. I, I'm confident that the majority of the world is now aware of it and a conversation based on what you just said, a conversation I have been having with the men, not only in modern Renaissance, man, just my community and, and those, uh, that are also doing this work is, is it's not, you know, it's, it's harder to get someone to pay attention to these issues and actually commit and desire to change them if from within they're not connected to their hearts and, and have empathy with what's going on in the world. And tying it all together, it's, it's like um, with what you said, uh, I, I, there's this quote I heard someone say a couple months ago is never give a a sword to a man who can't dance right Mm. um who can't feel right and it just makes me think of like a ton of men of people with armor that are just stiff and and uh putting on layers in order to protect themselves Mm. um and that being what is leading to all these other things that are going on in the world because there is a disconnection from our hearts Mm. and uh we we can't dance we can't empathize with others. We can't, um, you know, protect those we love with, with uh, flexibility, with strength, with conviction, because there's this, like you said, lack of balance between the two right. polarities. Right. Um, so yeah, it's beautiful that you put it that way. Yeah, love that. That's, that's so beautiful.
0: You know, I had this um, in meditation one day and I saw the XX chromosome being the female and the XY chromosome being the male. And I realized, oh, I see what the male's responsibility is. So an ex can receive on all sides. So the feminine energy actually is about receiving. That's why most men have a hard time receiving. It's because the vulnerability, <laughs> we drop that wall because we were wounded at one time. The time we were open and you know, you were just with your friends like, hey, whatever. And they're like, what, well, you're weird. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, that hurts when, I have my, when I'm vulnerable. So we close that wall off. And then in the masculine, we keep trying to take, take, take to satiate. Our lack of receiving, right? So I looked at X or I saw, I was shown that X can receive on all sides. So females are really good at receiving energetically. And that's why they are more the empathic and they're the listeners and they communicate what they feel and because they're constantly receiving. And this is obviously a generality, but this is in a healthy balance. This is what their gifts are. Mm-hmm. And then the masculine energy, we have X and we can't receive. But then you look at this Y symbol. A Y can only receive when it's in balance with the feminine and masculine. And when the feminine and masculine are not in balance, it falls off. And we just, we're like, what is wrong? Something is missing. And the answer is yes. I got chills right now. Just yes, bring back. Bring back the feminine. Drop your armor. Receive vulnerable and naked. And just be. And in ceremony one time with my wife, she said to me, cause I used to you know, teach like the five love languages with Gary Chapman yeah. and all that. And I used to say my love language was uh, words of affirmation, mm-hmm. but I actually challenged the whole premise of that book on that love language for this very reason. I, I saw this and, and my wife said, you say your love language is words of affirmation and we're in the medicine and we're sitting there. Mm-hmm. And she said, but you are like a bathtub with no plug in the drain. And I keep filling your tub up and it keeps going out, Ah. filling your tub up and going out. And she goes, and it's exhausting and I can't keep doing it. And then I like in a split second saw, I I was, I grew up a really terrible upbringing, horrible. And I was scared that I was going to be killed by my father. So I saw that I was still afraid. I might've backed my, I was, I was leading vulnerable hero retreats. I was doing it and I, but I had 0.01. I still had like a sheath, this thin layer that said, you're not going to kill me. I will not let you to kill me. And that created rejection in my wife because I still mm. couldn't receive her words. And so she didn't feel sufficient enough to love me. I was still craving to be loved. And her not be me, not receiving her love created rejection. And then the second thing from rejection is is always resentment. Mm -hmm. So we have a world of resentment because we've been, we've experienced rejection from giving love to others. Mm -hmm. And I realized, so my background, we're Jewish and Catholic and all, all these backgrounds, but the word love in Hebrew is a Hava, which means to give. So love, when they say like, God is love, God is giving always. But he is also, the greatest act of love we can give is to receive. This is the, this mm-hmm. is the paradox. It's so wild. It's so wild. The greatest act of love it's I can so give true. is to receive. And in that moment, everything changed for me, brother. I realized, wow, okay. And that's maybe the call for many is like, I'm willing to die to receive your love. I'm willing to surrender mm. everything to receive your love. Like, Ooh. I am naked here with you to receive yes. love. and brother my marriage has unbounded there is no bounds to my relationship our depth and this has been the thing i've i have been sharing is the greatest act of love we can give another is to receive
1: mm-hmm. their love mm. man you're giving me chills bro <laughs> that's beautiful and thank you so much for being vulnerable with with that uh just journey you you experience with your with your partner with your wife it resonates deeply um, you know I uh, my fiance and I got engaged last year we've been together for twelve years next February wow congrats. and we've been through so so many stages I was a boy for mm. four, three fourths of of that journey if that maybe four fifths right and 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 we just same thing we stepped into this place we're like receive me. As I am, I receive you as you are. And it makes me think of, it makes me think of, it's almost like we reject others and, what, and, and don't allow ourselves to receive from them because we're rejecting ourselves first and foremost. Yes, yes. yes. like, I know for me, it was, I've, I walked, I've walked into the room and I did some work with my shadow worker on this, even recently, uh, two months ago. Just how I often can get into this, uh, my defense mechanism is walk into the room rejected before someone else can reject me. And then I sabotage the opportunity for love and an experience to be created. Mm. Um, And I think oftentimes, relationships are being operated in that way, even at moments in my relationship where I thought we were giving a lot, there was a lot going on. I can think of moments where most of that was probably guided by fear of rejection, like mm. almost mm. a give and take. And, um, and, uh, one other piece I want to, I want to bring into this. So I've recently been practicing with cacao a lot, just really ah, deepening my practice beautiful. with cacao. And, um, one beautiful thing that I learned in the program I'm in shout out to my brother, Brendan Durrell, um, mm. uh, who runs the program. Um, He said the Aztecs, the warriors used to drink cacao before they went into battle, so they can fight with their hearts open. And that just blew my mind away. It was like warriors that we have revered and thought of as like, you know, and they drank cacao. All right, that might be the symbol for, but their objective, regardless of what you think of cacao, if you've experienced it now, their objective. And this is in books. Was to have an open heart while they're in battle, and it just makes me think of what you said about the why, mm. and having almost like the chest open. Yes, and you're yes, like yes. rather than rather than being this like mm. uh, closed off. I've got I'm a macho. It's almost like yes, I'm embracing my masculinity. I'm, I'm a, a masculinity. warrior. But my heart is open. That's like, so good. You know, <laughs> that I, is so I love good. <laughs> oh, brother, that is so – that is a cool
0: lesson. Yeah, to, to – because, you know, that if we go out, may we go out as we came in, open. That's how I look at Mm -hmm. that. Like, we're so afraid to die, but we have forgotten how to live. And we came into this world living and we trying to brace not to die, but we're dying. And we (laughs) go out as we go, came in open, just that's the power. This, and what's cool about this time, the matrix system, this whole veneer, this narcissistic facade that, is all based on conditional love. If you do, then I will. And everyone's saying, well, I want. So where everyone's like, oh, how high do you want me to jump? Oh, you want me to jump this high? And then people realize after a while, I can't jump that high and the suicide rate's higher than it's ever been. 79% of all suicides in the United States in 2018, mm-hmm. before they've, the last bit of data that they've been collected was men. Eight mm-hmm. out of 10 suicides are men. Mm-hmm. And when that guy says, I can't jump, You've you've been asking me to jump this high and I've been jumping and I still can't receive the love and validation. I still don't feel good enough. And guys like, it's not worth it. And then just shatters that generational boom, boom. And this is the time where we bring back. There's no accident that the child sex trafficking and all the heinousness, the vile The most vile acts on innocence in this world are being brought to the surface because it's time that we connect with our inner child to heal and as physical representations of children being brought back. And it's so cool in in, uh, Malachi, the last thing, the last prophet in the Hebrew Bible, he says, um, this is the last thing that Malachi says before the New Testament. The last thing that God tells, um, speaks through this prophet And he's talking about the Messiah returning, the Mashiach returning. And he says, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Uh, Lest I come smite the earth with a curse. Lest I come and give what the world. See, if we don't heal, if the unity, if we don't come back and align with ourselves and heal and bring back this generational blessing from generation to generation, generation to generation. People say, Oh, God's going to smite the earth with a curse. No, God is love and love gives. So love will give us exactly what we ask for. And if we ask for (laughs) brokenness, God gives us brokenness because he will not cross our sovereign will because the greatest law is the law of free will. It cannot be crossed. That is why we are so powerful as individuals. Whatever we say is. So if we say, oh, I'm just this, that, though, I'm the, that, you know, then we are that. But we say, no, I am that I am, and I am whole, and I am good, and I am healing, and I am love, and I am, like you said, I have sought truth. I am a truth seeker. Well, truth makes us free. May we mm-hmm. all seek more truth. I was saying this <laughs> podcast that, that came out today. I said, if the news, and in my background is a journalist. so." I have a lot of friends still in like national, all these, if if the news shared truth, then the world would be free. Mm -hmm. We're not free. Therefore the news doesn't share truth, Mm -hmm. but we keep going back to a source who professes or which professes it's bringing truth. And we keep regurgitating the stuff, spewing it back out to others. And the result is more confusion, division, Fear, all these terrible things. So, anyway, brother, I just <laughs> that, that just, it, yeah. Go, go ahead, on,
1: brother. No, go for it. No, brother, go which on. is which ties back to like not owning our own truth. Uh, you know, I, I I recently made a video about the quote, "The truth shall set shall set you free." Mm. And and when I was younger, that quote used to like rub me the wrong way, and mm. the reason for that was because. The truth. I felt like implied there was one universal truth, and that, um, and I was being fed so many truths that I was like, okay, so you're expecting me to, to to relinquish my own. And then when I realized that, you know, you could reframe it, like you said, uh, the truth, your truth, our yeah, truth, the truth, will set us free. Exactly. Yes. And once once we understand our own truth. For example, my story and your story, they have different layers and contexts, Mm -hmm. but we need to accept that truth first, our own truth, our story. And once you accept it, it's almost like the universal truth gets revealed. Like we're all one. We're all one and the same. But first, we got to get past that layer where we're not counting on all these external sources telling us what truth is. We can decipher and say, this is true to me, or this does not feel right. Let me explore it further. Perhaps I'm a student in this realm, and I need to understand a different perspective. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, you know, truth is, it, when you think of purpose, we complicate it very often. You know, men complicate purpose often. And I think it could get distilled down to one word. If you really think about it, it's a feeling. It's an emotion that we feel when we do something, when we um, know ourselves. For me, the word is truth. I think it's different for everyone, but my word, and I've worked with my coach on this, just distilling it down. It's, yeah, if every everyone was feeling love, if everybody was expressing themselves, it would be truth. Like for me, truth is is my purpose, and I feel like the more people find their truth, even if their purpose is freedom or joy they're in their truth from my perspective yeah that's that's so beautiful um
0: it's funny like do you did you have a catholic uh upbringing or did you come from that catholic world
1: yeah catholic christian um it it kind of evolved with everything that happened throughout my childhood but i did my confirmation baptism um, uh
0: yeah so you so you know so we can I can speak with the same language with you is that it is um, everything's about in in that religious text is truth 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 do, you know do you believe this this is the truth do you believe this and you're either in or you're out and like you want to be in because if you're out this is the consequence of out god will ju- god will <laughs> smite you know, bring justice. yeah. yeah. He, it's gonna, he's not only gonna chop me up he's gonna boil you you know like it is like what is what sickness is this crazy thing and i and i i was a christian preacher for i brother I, I went down hard down that religious path just to note truth and i was so confused and what is truth and and this is what i've learned and i you model this really beautifully and experience this so jesus yeshua his name means salvation so people say jesus but really he was just here to teach salvation and what is salvation is not to be saved salvation is to be in love that's what it means it means when we salivate It's the same root word, salvation, salivate. When you salivate, your body intrinsically has a reaction to the environment that you're in, the food. You're like, that's what salvation is. You're in love. Therefore, you have this experience. So when he says, you shall know the truth, it's only from a place of love. So love is what gives truth permission to come forth resulting in our freedom this is what blew me away and and why again truth makes us free media but why religion doesn't make people free because religion the very precipice is judgment Mm -hmm. it's judging in or Mm -hmm. out in that duality when people like you said i'm still a student in this like Mm -hmm. it was the was the um sinner on the cross at the last second judged as wow the the, all the moments before that moment no he came at the last moment to realize oh i got gotcha. you <laughs> you
1: know yeah. hey
0: lord uh, here, there you are and, and there's no judgment on that but yet the the system of judgment is tell me now 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 mm-hmm. are you in or yeah and that creates so much um confusion i i feel like uh Truth is like this groundhog, you know, groundhog's day. It's like if the groundhog sees its shadow and it goes back in, it's a longer winter. Truth is like always going to sniff. Are you going to judge me? Are you going to judge me? Is there judgment in this environment? And then if it sniffs judgment, it burrows down deeper and deeper because it knew the last time I was exposed, I got hurt. But when in the environment of love, it's like,
1: even love for those that reject us.
0: That's it. Cause that's real that's love. Right there. Guess what? That's real love. Love yep. to love those that are easy to love is not love. To love all and thank them for the mirrors that they are for what's still inside us as opposed to the windows that they are to see inside yeah. them. Yeah, you know? absolutely.
1: Otherwise it's a it's a it's a thought it's, it's a it's it's really us. Um, being excited that someone is giving us a sense of belonging, mm. right? So it's like, oh, this person loves me. I love them because they love me. Really, it's it's us not lo- loving ourselves and being excited that someone else is giving us that sense of belonging. But once they take it away, we tend to go on the other side and hate. Yeah. And like you said, um, real love is uh, just first and foremost loving the divinity within us, regardless, yes. like you said, it's not related to religion. It's more about finding God within us. That's right. Then loving ourselves and then loving others, regardless of how they show up um, in life and how they, sh- which, which brings us back to the compassion piece with the, mm. the uh, all the things that are going on in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know not to get too deep into this, but when I first saw the death of George Floyd, um, just to touch on this, I I definitely f- looked at the guy that was watching it happen, and I was thinking, man, how did we fail that guy? Mm. How how did we fail that guy? He he obviously needs to be accountable for his actions. Yeah, but how did we not love this guy in a way that he lo- would love himself so much? that he could stand up to what's right without yeah. feeling consequences of not belonging, whether that's being outcasted by his yeah. fraternity, his yeah. whatever. Yeah. But like, how did that man get failed? And how, how do we love him going forward? Um, and it's not always easy. Sometimes love is not the first layer to getting to love you know sometimes it's setting the boundary getting out the out the fucking house and making sure yeah. you're safe <laughs> yeah and then yeah and then having compassion for that person once you've processed it but um i'm with you on That's powerful on
0: brother that that is a powerful observation um that you know with 2020 i like donald trump i said this to someone who hates him and i said he's the greatest gift to humanity. And he was like, what? I was like, if I would have tased him. It was pretty funny. Um, And I I knew there was going to be some sort of reaction. I said, because simply this, he's revealed inside every, he's revealed what's in the hearts of mankind. If you have hate, it's been brought up. If you have, so all these things, the George Floyd, all these things, like that's a beautiful observation of the thing versus, all these things get revealed and then we attach it to something else. And so for those that hate Donald Trump, what? Okay. You, you hate him so much. You want him to die. Okay. Well, how do you want him to die? Oh, but is that real? Oh, I want to boil. I want to do all the, that is not going to satiate something inside you as opposed to seeing what's inside you and saying, why is this inside me and going within in healing and then someone said on this post the other day they're like well i said i said everyone's a mirror i look at everyone as a mirror and we have soul contracts. so i had soul contract with the family i grew up in to do what they did so i could be who i am so we could have these beautiful mm. conversations and this podcast could go all around the world for moments of, that people are in what they're in they can be <laughs> liberated so this is all working yeah. out just the way it's supposed to work out but this person was saying well If I detach my hatred, do I become the person I, am I aligning to that? I said, absolutely not. What we're saying is there are consequences and there are just consequences. That's why Liberty uh, lady justice was supposed to be blind. There is no, I don't see who or what you are. It just happens to be this action results in this consequence. So, consequences are worthy of actions and actions are worthy of consequences dip apart from me having any emotional tie to them. Because if I'm tied to the consequence, then I am not free. I am, I am tethered to that result and it never can satiate something inside <laughs> me. That's what I'm saying. You can't kill them or, you know, these pedophiles. I want them removed off the earth. They're the most vile creatures. They're the most heinous vile it is the it is the worst to cause that level of confusion and 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 and, and dirtiness inside an innocent soul they get to be removed but i'm not like oh, we are gonna like get them they just get to be removed because that energy does not belong in the world mm-hmm. of love this energy so it's like when we talk about it's race or it's this no it's unhealed trauma that's getting Mm -hmm. rebuilt to the surface and let us heal as one we want i want more colors on this planet i want more beautiful like souls to shine the the rainbow isn't beautiful because it's one color bending who cares about that it's (laughs) multiple colors in unison arcing together giving equal space for each other to be and that is what's beautiful Mm. Oh man, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it. it's such a time of revealing and then may we all detach because it's only about going within. It's only about healing within. So I'm so glad you said it. It's such a beautiful observation. Yeah, how did we fail that 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 guy who yeah. didn't speak up? And then when did I not speak up? And why don't I speak up? Yeah. And then go in yeah. and then next time it's like, hey, speak brothers.
1: And And, and you know, it's interesting you brought that up. Because I've realized, I've noticed and have sat with shame coming up for me during Mm -hmm. these Mm -hmm. times. And I'm a man of color. I've been profiled by the police. Mm -hmm. You know, most of my friends are Black or Latino. And these are conversations we have all the time. But even in, you know, I felt shame in in not showing up at a certain time or not. So going back to what you said, oftentimes that anger that that we want, it's, it's, it's... something we see within ourselves and we want to expel it like yeah. off the face of the earth. Yeah. And like you said, it gets to be removed. It does yes. because yes, um, it, can, it can create a cancer in the space and, and, uh, and taint everyone else's energy as well. That's right. Like you said, you know, to go to that extreme, usually, you know, I'll, I'll reflect and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's me having shame over something that's within me. And maybe it didn't show up in that way. That's right but it showed up in other areas of my life. Um, and it's just pain, which is why I love storytelling, right? Because mm. our 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 stories, our truths, our, our, so our pain is just pain. And then based on our trauma, based on our stories, based on the things that we've learned, we take those out and project them through there. So for mm-hmm. someone, it might be race. You know, we see that and we're like, race yeah let's outcast him i would love to boil him or whatever it is right right right. but really it's just pain and his story how he grew up what is that's how he shows it that's right that's how he shows it for us it's it might be different maybe my story it's um you know uh i would say uh police you know Mm -hmm. i've experienced pain and have stories against police as well from my youth if i wasn't conscious enough to think about that process that story and see how my pain is projecting into any police officer right then I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to create and transmute into some sort of purpose that actually shifts this in others hmm. which I think it, to tie it to the beginning of the conversation hmm. you know we spoke about our journey it's a pain to purpose you know so rather than being mad and like um outcasting we can use that pain transmute it understand it and channel it in a way that will actually help not only remove those people but perhaps avoid uh other people in pain getting to that place where they commit those atrocious things so that's right
0: dude it's so good it's so good it's so i'm so glad we're talking (laughs) <laughs> i'll give you a huge hug brother if you were here right now just give yeah. you a huge hug brother you where are you
1: right now where Where do you live i'm i'm, I'm in jersey city so oh, right on. only f- shortly though I'll, i'm moving i got a one-way ticket with my fiance to uh, costa rica so uh i'll be wow. there end of december but right now i'm in in uh, tri-state new york city area wow wow yeah.
0: man i'm so glad we connected man um yeah. Likewise. you're doing a great job brother exactly. you're doing a great job you're impacting you're impacting children unborn yet i just want you to know it's not the brothers you see it's the little boys that, and girls that are being going to be birthed in their soul contracts coming into these men brother it's generations upon generations upon generations brother mm-hmm. you're doing a great job and i'm telling you that receive it brother you're doing a great you're doing a great thing
1: it's received, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if, oh, I, if, if we have the time, I'd love to share a story that I think will we'll, uh, tie that and everything together. Please. Please. And uh, also plant medicine. Right. So first time I did ayahuasca, um, the serum, I had a, plan, a trip planned to go to Puerto Rico and spend a week with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I told you about the story. It kind of just plugged in this weekend. So it plugged in. And two days after that, I was, had my ticket, a week booked to spend time with my grandparents. Um, during my ayahuasca journey, the second day we sat, I saw clear as day and just my ancestral lineage. And I saw mom- the movement, the yelling, the pain, and I felt it you know, in my body as well. I saw, I don't know how far back, great, great, great grandparents. Um his son, his daughter his, his and I saw my grandfather mm. yelling at my mother, my mother yelling at me, and I was turned around almost like like holding my heart and just it blew my mind away, so I want to keep that in context. I go to Puerto Rico, and my grandfather's very stubborn, he's one of those guys the the the, the sky is the sky is blue, but if he says it's green and you say one thing. <laughs> He's he's uh yeah. he's kind of transitioned and, and done a lot of work in that as well. But um he's still a bit stubborn. And throughout the week, there was a lot of moments that um I was just like in this blissful state and I had seen that in my vision and was just like, I'm uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get triggered by this. I love him. I'm just here to spend time with him. However, he shows up, yeah. it's all good. But something happened on the way to the airport the last day. So oftentimes when anyone goes to visit him, um, you know anyone in my family, he tends to pick and start an argument on the way to the airport. Mm-hmm. It's his way, and I've noticed this, it's his way of creating an emotional connection mm. before people head out. So on the way to the airport, we stopped in this little town that sells souvenirs and uh, to kind of like get some stuff for family. And then he loses his way, so he asks me for help. Bring out the Google Maps. Long story short, I took him in the direction that he then realized wasn't the direction that he wanted to go in, and it started. He started, uh, you know, getting tense, getting angry. Um, uh, why do we go this way? You should have listened to me. And I was just like, you know, it's all good. If, we, if the GPS is wrong, then at least we get more time together. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to speak positively and show love, and he was in a very triggered state, and it brought back... The memory of a week ago the week before ayahuasca journey when I saw that and he literally at that moment said um, I'm you know I'm sorry he was apologizing as he was yelling as I'm sorry I'm doing this but I tell this to everyone my father was like this so I'm like this and your mom and I did this with your mom and she knew this so you have to deal with it too and in that moment I was like wow like, you don't you don't need to be and do that bring that pain forward just cuz mm-hmm. your father did that. So we get to the airport he pulls over my grandmother's in the back she's really sad she's like Alex like um it was Alex is my Alejandro's middle name Alex is what my family calls me and she was just really sad my grandfather was frozen on the steering wheel didn't want to say bye he was just frozen in his moment And a part of me wanted to say, uh, you know what, like, I'm out. And uh, usually that tends to happen. You know, the family members don't speak to him for months at a time. That's his way of saying, you see, I knew it, this, that. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go around, open the door, and I gave him a kiss on the cheek. And I said, I love you. I'll see you later. For two months, I didn't speak to him, but he kept telling my grandmother. Well, at that moment, he cried. I saw it, but he still didn't. Uh, really, look at me. He told my grandmother he was sorry a couple times and and she called me. she would tell him and I would tell her it 's all good. Two months after she said he said you 're a greater man than i 'll ever be. He called me he told me that, and that 's when everything truly came together. Um, not only the ayahuasca journey, which helped me have so much perspective and put aside my ego, but also just exactly what you said. Like, the work that we do goes beyond me that started with me for myself. But, you know, my parents and the generations before me, not only the ones after me, are also uh, being healed as well. So um, thank you for allowing me to share that story. And thank you for this platform, brother.
0: Brother, that is such a beautiful story. That is such a beautiful story.
1: Thank you, brother. That is, that is a
0: beautiful story, man. Thank you. Thank you, bro. And congratulations because you're, you're, you broke the cycle.
1: Hmm. We're breaking the cycle, brother. We're,
0: we're the cycle breakers. Before we wrap, bro, can you, uh, how can people, and please everyone listen and follow my brother, Jose Alejandro Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> um, uh, how can people find you and connect with you?
1: Yeah, thank you for, for the for the for the opportunity to to say that. So, um, you can follow me at uh, on Instagram at r jose uh, underscore alejandro. So r j o s e underscore a l e j a n d r o. Um, and there's links there for for a lot of the work that I do. Um, but that's usually the best place to to find my my work and just um, my truth. Um, just channeled the best way I could with that with that uh, um, I guess channel vehicle communication beautiful well I can't wait
0: I'll uh, put all that in the show notes and I can't wait to get this episode out and you know this episode it's going to air sometime in um, mid-November and no doubt the perfect time especially with what i anticipate probably will happen in mid november and, and and people get to heal you know? yeah oh man Word. god bless you brother truly love and light love and light to you in you through you out of you brother thank you
1: thank you brother it's received i truly appreciate what you're doing um, your voice, uh, which is a great voice, by the way, uh, and uh, and just this platform and beyond, um, you know it's it's definitely something that that is making an impact um, and has made an impact on me, just this conversation. so I appreciate you um, for for welcoming into welcoming me into the space.
0: Brother Jose, thank you so much for coming on. i I love conversations like that where people can just take their mask off and show their journey of healing, and it's such a beautiful story to share. So, brother, thank you. And everyone listening, thank you. Thank you for coming along with me on this journey. You can probably hear a little bit. I, I still have a little bit of cold left, but it's actually purging some deep trauma stuff that I had to heal a couple of weeks ago. And so on the tail end of it, but it is all good. It's all love and light. And in the coming days... The coming weeks, I believe things are going to look very intense and perhaps scary for many. And I just want you to remember that these things must come to pass. The matrix system is dissolving. It is crumbling before our very eyes. And those that fight to preserve the matrix will do what they'll do. But that power structure is leaving And the authority of love and light is here now. That's the 5D earth. It is here now. And remember, in the matrix system, you and I are slave. We are not sovereign. And in the 5D earth, we are sovereign. So the irony is there will be many people fighting to preserve the matrix system where they are slave. And when you step into sovereignty and love and light, you, dear brother and dear sister, simply be an invitation and say, are you ready? Come on. You want to talk? Come on. You want to come out of that anger, fear, worry, anxiety, stress, depression? Come on, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll, we can walk together. We can commune together. We can live together as sovereign beings in love and light for one another. Not based on agreements, but based on love. Not based on, well, Give me everything that you believe. And I got to tell you everything I believe. And do we believe the same thing? And if we do, great. If we don't, we have to argue, convince each other. No. In love and light, all things are revealed. And in love and light, there is no need to be right. Because being right is based on right and wrong in the 3D judgmental duality existence, which is going away. So blessings to you all. I bless you with the highest love, the highest good, the highest truth from the most high. Be free, dear one, for all is good. I am Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution, and I look forward to talking with you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com.